0: these things look like little little like geordelli's chocolate wafers almost but some amazing <laughs> science goes into these suckers and it, anybody who has gone through sleep studies or or daytime you know studies sleep deprivation studies or anything like that any kind of eeg monitoring knows how uncomfortable it is, knows how time-consuming it is. And it's only recently that I've really realized, in fact, after you guys held your held your talk, your presentation, that I realized to myself, holy shit, it's got to be a major pain in the ass, time-consuming event for the clinicians and the technicians and the nurses and, and everybody in the hospital as well. So this is an amazing device. And I could talk all day about it, but Mark, who wants who should I hand the ball off to on this one? Yeah, Mark. Mark's the man. <laughs> okay. Okay. That'd be the answer. You got it. So how do these things work?
1: Very good question. Um, it's very simple. It's just like a single channel of EEG that you would record in the hospital. Only instead of the wires, you know, we tried to put everything uh, into a single package. That's both the amplifier, it's got gold electrodes, uh, it's completely watertight, and, oh, it attaches to the scalp. I think I showed you this the last time, but I'm going to move around here and show the little stickers. It attaches to the scalp with these stickers. You simply peel it off and place it on the scalp or behind the ear. I'll put mine behind the ear. And it transmits EEG to either uh, a smart device, like a, ta- a tablet or a smartwatch or a smartphone, that kind of thing. And meant to be used in this case after a diagnosis of a seizure disorder. Uh, so you have a good idea of where to put it. So for example, if someone has right temporal lobe epilepsy, we put it behind the right ear. And at the very basic, you know, we're just trying to create an objective seizure diary. So this works all night while you're sleeping, and during the day, and we're recording EEG and creating a report of how many seizures that you had in a given period of time. So kind of like um, an automatic seizure diary, if you will. And that's what we are currently working towards. And ultimately, we want to be able to uh, take it a step further and create a real-time alerting system. And then, of course, you know, when we talk to people living with epilepsy, It sounds like what everyone really wants is a forecast of your probability of having a seizure. And so that's the ultimate goal that we're we're building towards. But our first step is simply seizure counting.
0: Okay. Okay. What I see right now is the whole seizure forecasting thing seems to be a long way off. And there's a few things I think people would have to take into consideration before they go that route because um, I think a lot of people have these kind of ideas in their mind, but they don't think about the little things that come into play to uh, make those things happen. Um, personally speaking, I am amazingly interested, I'm I'm very interested in the capabilities of uh, the overnight sleep studies. You know, when all this happened, I was up in Glenwood Springs. And had this technology been available uh, back then, I could have come down, done a few things, and put the the little monitors on my scalp and then gone right back to Glenwood Springs and done the multi-night sleep study Mm -hmm. while I'm performing my daily activities. And this is another thing too, Mark and, and Nico, is is a lot of times when you're pulled out of your routine like that, who knows if you're going to seize, who knows if, if you're not going to seize sometimes being out of your element changes, the complete story changes, the complete pattern. I'm one of those people who actually slept pretty damn good in hospitals. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is definitely the direction that we want to go. Even, um, Before a diagnosis, we have the ability to record for long periods of time um, at home. And, um, you know, we're not trying to replace a full EEG that you would get in the epilepsy monitoring unit. Um, But what we can do is determine, you know, how often you're having seizures. And what research is now showing is that everyone kind of has a pattern to their seizures, whether it's weekly or monthly or somewhere in between. Um, And we could use such sensors like um, like what we've developed to determine you know, when do you have a higher probability of having a seizure throughout a given period of time so that we can help guide the neurologist to say, okay, you should come in sometime during this week because this week you would have a higher probability of having seizures. And, and that way it would help um, so that when you do go to the hospital, that you're there and it's not unproductive, so to speak, where you would have a higher probability of having a seizure in the, in the EMU.
0: Exactly, yeah, and that's happened to me. I've gone in and nothing happened. And then, and then you go home and a few days later, boom, you're seizing again. So yeah, th- th- this is brilliant. It's a great idea. Um, that also comes into play as far as uh, clinical treatment uh, medicines. You might be able to even start to develop medicines that kind of tailor to that that cyclical nature. If you were able to come around this, now this is all, though. However, kind of in the future, I think your idea of tracking it on when to bring people in for further monitoring is sort of. actually closer. Sorta. Of. Now, what do you mean by so- sorta? Of? You, you. This is this is good. I like this little.
1: Yeah, so um, one, of the, one of our steps into to getting into home monitoring is to first get these sensors into hospitals. So, you know, as, as we develop these sensors, we realize that, you know, like you said, you know, in Glenwood Springs, you probably can't get an EEG in your neighborhood hospital. And that turns out that that's pretty much the case everywhere. Unless you're in a big city, your chances of getting an EEG are pretty slim, so the first thing that we wanted to do is just try to help solve the, that, that problem, that access to EEG problem by getting these into emergency departments and ICUs in neighborhood hospitals. Uh, and so we recently got FDA clearance to do that. So instead of using a single sensor, we're using four sensors. So two on the forehead, two behind each ear. Um, anyone can use them. You don't have to be an EEG tech. So it's just simply the emergency department staff or the ICU staff can put these on and then we'll connect them to a larger tertiary hospital that has EEG and the neurologists and the technicians who can then review that EEG uh, in almost real time and then make be able to make a recommendation back to that community hospital. Wow.
2: And, and what happens a lot of times today when, when somebody goes into an an ED in, in a rural or even in a suburban area. If they don't have any EG or they don't have a tech or they don't have expertise, you'll still get care, but they'll they'll transport you. And so that's that's going to be a lot of time. That's going to be really expensive if even if you go by an ambulance, but oftentimes you're you're going by chopper. And that that can have massive impacts on patients. Like I said, we speak to a lot of patients, we speak to a lot of caregivers. And in some circumstances, just in the time before before you're transferred, we've spoken to some parents who said my daughter was unconscious and I didn't know. I didn't know if she was having a seizure. I didn't know if she was brain dead. We just, we couldn't get an answer until we got transferred. And so you can imagine one minute of that is horrible, but if you're doing that for 24 hours, that's, I I can't even imagine. Uh, And and then in, in other circumstances, we've spoken to people who have said that from the first time they had a seizure and went to the ED to the time they got an EEG for the first time was over two years. Because they, they, they sort of discharge you from the ED and they say, all right, well, go, go make a booking with a neurologist. And it's, it's a very self-directed model of care when, when you're trying to identify your, your seizures. And with, with wait times, particularly now with COVID and all the precautions, it, it just takes such a long time. And um, so what, whether you're a caregiver or whether you're a patient waiting to get your first EEG just being able to do it when you get to the ed is is, is not just a commute it has huge impacts down the line oh god yes god yes
0: and you know you're bringing up things that they'll film in the kill bills this is to my sick kids time to fuck this shit up a coat at all but it lingers
1: sticks i don't give a what you ride into the sentence on use it as <laughs> a weapon when it's and done.